Monday, November 20th, 2022. This is Cypher, a technology podcast. My name is Evan Schaefer, joined as always by Jeffrey, 50 phones for Rena. Jeff, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I actually had to check the date. Today's a two coffee morning. So when you said the date, I was confused for a second there. I throw you off. That second coffee hasn't hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. This is good though. This is kind of what we planned on all along is the Sunday morning podcast. Get the coffee in hand. I'm doing just the same thing. So excited to uh, to sit down and chat with you again. Awesome. How's things? Good. Um, definitely keeping busy. Uh, got vacation this week. Got the holiday coming up. Um, lots of family plans. Uh, just picked up a new camera. That's probably going to be a future episode. We always talk about future episodes, but picked <laughs> up a new camera that uh, I've been playing around with a little bit, trying to learn the ins and outs. So uh, that'll be kind of cool to use with the holiday coming up and getting some family pictures and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, otherwise, man, totally. just more of the same, uh, having some fun with some of this stuff over here. Uh, how are things with you? Pretty good. I don't, I don't have a new camera. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm going to make a video at some point on my YouTube channel about gas gear acquisition, gear acquisition, acquisition syndrome. Yeah. Like I said, that coffee hasn't hit yet. Yeah. Uh, cause that's something I suffer from big time. I'm, I'm actually super pumped to kind of live vicariously through you, uh, mm. with that camera set up. Cause it's funny. It's, it's a relatively inexpensive camera that you picked up. Right. But it takes insane pictures for what it is. Yeah. It's not bad. And I'm, like I said, I'm still trying to learn the ins and outs and I've, I've picked your brain a little bit. You definitely, uh, know much more than I do in terms of cameras and, and, uh, some of the intricacies of them. But, um, yeah, tell me without getting too much into it. Cause I know you'll make a video, but just real high le- high level elevator pitch what what is this gas syndrome that you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so i first heard about gas uh i think i may have mentioned mentioned it on one of the episodes right i, I spoke to somebody about him uh in the tech house server uh discord server doug shill dizzy doug tv way back in the day uh i'm talking 2008 2009 he used to podcast with us occasionally and he, I think I was talking to Justin Klein about it now that I think about it. He uh, was a photographer. He, he was actually a, a professional photographer. And he had a studio in his house. He used to do, you know, p- portrait photography uh, for clients, like high school, high school pictures, prom pictures, you name it, right in his house. He had a nice little setup there. And when I was getting into photography, uh, because I, I kind of had to around the pocket nowadays, uh, which will we'll transition perfectly into our, our, our episode this week. He warned me very early on, uh, don't suffer from gas, which is gear acquisition syndrome. And it's the tendency of, well, if I just get this lens or if I just get this camera body or if I just get this light, it will make my pictures that much better. And the thing was, master what you have because what you have can do a lot more than you realize and then look to get the next thing. Don't necessarily think that what you pick up or that camera upgrade or whatever it might be is going to make my photos 100 times better because so many people myself included will look to upgrade their gear or acquire more gear before they even know how to use what they already have and then they just don't go anywhere with it kind of thing right uh i I think what there's actually a video i sent you about waste i think the title of the youtube video was wasting money on photography Mm. and the very beginning the guy makes a very good point of there's so many people that they have a budget of three thousand dollars for example uh, for photography and they'll spend all three grand of that on a lens and a body and have nothing left to spend no no money for for classes no money for software no money for photo walks and they'll just sit in their house they'll take a couple of pictures of the cat or their their favorite plate and then they'll put the camera in the box and they'll never use it again they return it and before you know it you buy a used camera at best buy that only has 40 shutter you know uh rotations on it basically or uh i can't think of the word right now uh, but that's what happens so often. So I think you've already been out with your camera once, and I think you've you're kind of breaking that trend already. You've already gotten more use out of your camera in three days than many do in three years, uh, who just have suffer from gas. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm definitely looking forward to to hearing you talk about it because I, I suffer from that a little bit too, and I think a lot of it is just like I talked about in the last episode, watching some of these creators making new videos, and it's like, wow, I'd love to do something like that, and you try to try to mirror or emulate what they do and it just doesn't uh, quite come out the same way waiting for my coffee to hit too and um (laughs) you know it's it's one of those things that you really just got to put the hours in and and if it's something that you're truly passionate about obviously you'll stick with it and that's that's kind of what i'm shooting for here with that camera is uh hopefully i can put some hours in on it and i kind of realized you know i was going out trying to emulate some of these other people making videos and i definitely enjoy making videos but if the passion's not there if i'm not into it 
uh, it's definitely not as fun. I don't want to force it. And I just think the camera will give me something else to do basically. So, um, you just summed it up perfectly. Like do it for you, do it for your family and that's it. And then if the other things come with it, great, but especially you with you with, with, with your kids, right? Take mm -hmm. pictures of them for the family. Make a photo book for Christmas. Maybe not this year, you know, at the how late we are in the season, but next year right. as you've mastered the craft better. Uh, and it truly becomes a passion that way. You couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So like you mentioned, we can kind of transition here. So this episode, uh, if, if you listen to our podcast last week, again, we go live every Sunday. Um, time varies. I'm trying to kind of nail that down. I guess depends on what time we, <laughs> what time we actually record, but typically by end of day, this thing is up and live. So you can listen to it on the way to work Monday morning. Uh, but last week we talked about, uh, we called it the smartphone chronicles part one. This was me just kind of talking to Jeff kind of in an interview style format where Jeff asked me a bunch of questions about the phones that I used over the years. Um, now we're going to kind of flip it back on Jeff. We're going to learn a little bit more about the different phones that he's used himself um, and kind of get a little bit of uh, some insight into to Jeff's history with, with technology and smartphones in particular. Um, so Jeff, with that, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Where do you want to start here? Yeah, so I have a list in front of me. You haven't even seen this list, I and haven't. I am definitely missing phones off of this list. So if there's a phone that you think I've had, uh, ask me, because then I'll just add it to the list. Because I, I, I spent a couple hours the other night trying to put this together. I just spent maybe a half an hour this morning with a few that I had forgotten. Uh, but there's definitely some phones that are missing. And it made me realize, too, you and I are very similar in that I know, like, with video games, for example, uh, I've, I have a lot to blame on my dad. You know, I, I had an NES at, you know, three and four years old. I was playing Contra with him at four years old, waiting for him to come home for work so we could play Contra co-op together. <laughs> he cursed me with as far as gaming goes, and I think with your dad it's probably similar. Yep. Uh, you know, just based on what you've told me and how, how into the same things, that, you know, at, that, that he is as we are. And it's probably similar to phones and tech as well, but I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. Um, but that's where it starts for me. So I don't know if you want me to jump into it, but that was kind of my segue into where this whole foray begins, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, that would be excellent. Let's get right into it. <clears throat> so I was doomed out of the gate. So my dad, uh, being an entre entrepreneur my entire life, was always on the cutting edge of technology just because he rightfully felt that it made his job better and easier, uh, just being able to track things and that sort of thing. So, I mean, he always had pagers, which I think really everybody did, but that evolved into... Uh, he had the original BlackBerry. So actually, before that, he had Palm Pilots, I should say. Uh, this was before they had any sort of cellular connectivity whatsoever. They had Wi-Fi. And the Wi-Fi was an add-on module. I don't know if you remember that with the Palm Pilots. You actually had to buy a Wi-Fi like card for it, basically. Mm, okay. <laughs> and in some cases, they were a big module that connected to the bottom. And then they eventually became literally SD cards with a Wi-Fi radio in it. And you would put the SD card into the, into the Palm Pilot. And that's how you got it on, on a, a network. And you're wow. talking Wi-Fi A and B back then. Yep. Uh, you know, very early days of Wi-Fi. So started with, with the Palm Pilots. That transitioned to the original BlackBerry. I remember it was probably 2003. So early teens, you know, 12, 13 years old. He had gotten the first BlackBerry on release day, and I remember being with him uh, in his office with a uh, was a was it Nextel or was it Verizon? It was a Verizon agent, the Verizon regional manager. He was the first customer in uh, the Middlesex County area of Massachusetts to get a BlackBerry, and they had no idea how to activate it on the cellular network. Wow! So I remember it taking like eight hours for him to to get this thing going. They just had no idea how to, how, to, how, to, how to activate it, how to program it, anything. Uh, so he was one of the first cell, smartphone, cell phone users, BlackBerry users for that matter in Massachusetts, at least in that county, uh, in that district. So that was an early, like I, I kind of got the, the taste early on that way. <laughs> uh, and my mom was actually a real estate agent at the time too. And I had to look up what phone she had. So my dad's BlackBerry was the 7210. That was the original black and white BlackBerry. Uh, my mom had a Samsung SCH um, i730, which was a Windows Mobile Samsung uh, phone on Verizon. She got that like three or four months after my dad had his BlackBerry. So early on, I, I had that taste that was hooked. Mm -hmm. you know, this is this is where the future's going. Uh, but that led me. So I started similar to you, Evan. I had, and I'll be granular with some of these. I could talk for three hours about my phone history, but I'll, <laughs> there's some I'll just graze through, uh, and then there's others that I'll actually talk about. 
But similar to you, I had just a, a typical basic Samsung flip phone. Uh, I actually have pictures of it still, which is funny. So it was an A, it was a Samsung uh, SCH A650. Just, I think everybody had that phone at some point. All it did was play Snake. That was it. Uh, my first ringtone, or yeah, it was a ringtone, was Rubber Band Man, the TI song. So that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was how old we're going back. Oh, I think I was, I think I was either 15 or 16. It was just around the time I started. Uh, either, either I had my license or I had my, my permit, one or the other. And that was like in my parents' mind. Once you're able to drive, we'll get you a cell phone kind of thing. Makes sense. That expanded to a Razor, a Motorola Razor, which I think everybody had at, at some point in time. Yep. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to Kelly this morning, my wife this morning. Uh, myself and my buddy Matt at the time, we... I don't remember what the heck we did. It wasn't, I, I called it a hack, but it was some sort of sideload. We were actually able to get a browser, a web browser on that phone. And this was before there were smartphones. You had like a feature code you had to add to a phone to get it to go on the internet. And we were able to browse the web without that feature code added with like some sort of hack browser we had on that phone. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't even, I'll have to look further into that, but someone listening knows. Someone listening has lived that life at some point. Yep. Uh, from there was the LG Envy, just a phone that opens up with a QWERTY keyboard inside. But that's when phones like started having keyboards in a sense, like regular phones for regular people. Uh, and then I had a Sidekick right after that. I think everybody has either had or wanted a Sidekick at some point uh, via my what was the the the, the signature via my hip top? I think is what they called it. Oh really? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you when when you when you'd reply to an email, it would say via my hip top in, in, the, in the signature instead of. Uh, Instead of like, you know, sent from my iPhone kind of thing. Right. So that actually led into the first iPhone. You had the original iPhone. I had the original iPhone. I remember saving up for it in high school, stood in line for it. Uh, and then the price dropped by like 200 bucks or 300 bucks after it came out. I don't know if you remember that. No. Everyone was pissed at Apple for that. Yeah. So it was like a month after it came out, they dropped the price by like two or $300 because wow. it was a full price phone back then. Yeah. I wonder why they dropped it so quickly if there were concerns over sales or 100 percent, it yeah. wasn't selling well because of the price because it wasn't on contract you had to buy the phone as is and it only worked on singular back then oh wow okay uh, yeah and that price so, it was i think i just watched the uh the steve jobs uh keynote the other day just randomly came across it on youtube when they announced the iphone yeah. i think it was like 4.99 at launch or something like that yep which yep, looking at they made that it today 300 yeah wow unbelievable you know what now that you say that i think i do remember yep i remember that yeah, they offered everyone a gift card, uh, like as as reparation, basically. Right. Uh, and I think I used my gift card. This is totally offshoot for the for the, the Bluetooth uh, ear earpiece they had. It was like the original AirPods. It was a, it was a single, I think it was a single uh, earpiece, and that was back in the day when people had jawbones and stuff like that. Yeah. That was you know the, the, you you weren't a cool guy unless you had a blinking blue light on your head. Yep. Basically. Exactly. Uh, so ironically enough, or weirdly enough. I liked the iPhone, but then Samsung came out with a phone. This is what really started it for me. Samsung came out with the Instinct. I don't know if you remember that phone. The that name, was the big deal. Yeah, the name rings a bell, but I'd have to see the phone. I'll, I'll look it up later. Yeah, so that was, at the time, I, I had just started working in, at, in Best Buy Mobile's, uh, or in Best Buy's mobile department. It was called Best Buy Mobile. And that was really what did me in, like working with phones every day at, at that young of an age. That's when it really sucked me into the vortex. So I, I got a Samsung Instinct. I had it for, I don't even know, under a month. That was a, it was a resistive touchscreen, not capacitive. So going from an iPhone to that was kind of like, what the heck is going on here? Mm. Um, then the iPhone 3G came out either right around the same time or right after. And I went to that. Uh, so... The bit about Best Buy, we had concession lines. I don't know if you remember that from your Best Buy days. Mm, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't think okay. it was ever anything that I took advantage of. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you had to work in, in Best Buy Mobile, in mobile. Okay. But basically the, the, the reps would come in. So an AT&T rep, a Sprint rep, a Verizon rep, you could get a line from them for $20 a month. Mm. Uh, flat fee, no tax, nothing. And it was fully unlimited everything at the time. Talk, text, web. So I had, you know, at 18, 19 years old, I had a Sprint line, I had an AT&T line, and I had a Verizon line. So that's really what killed me. I had <laughs> all those lines, and I was able to get the phones for, for very cheap because of working directly with them. Yep. So I'll run through this list quickly now at this point. Uh, so that led into a, a Motorola Q9C, which was a Windows mobile uh, smartphone with a QWERTY keyboard. 
Uh, that was on Sprint. I had an HTC Tilt on AT&T. I had an HTC Mogul on Sprint. So the, the Tilt and the Mogul are very similar, but the Tilt tilts up while also sliding out, whereas the Mogul just slides in and out. Uh, Photography-wise, Evan, a Nokia N900 right after that. So able to take pictures, very good pictures, had a Carl Zeiss lens, so pretty solid in that end. Um, Palm Trio 755P. And these aren't in order now. I started, this is where the order gets very gray. So don't hold me to it, listeners, but this is just what I've had. Uh, Palm Centro, that was my favorite phone. One of my favorite phones of all time, but my, my favorite Palm phone of that time frame. I actually bought a couple of Centros for people as gifts. It was a very tiny Palm phone. I absolutely loved that thing. Uh, iPhone 3GS, had to get the 3GS because it was the first iPhone to record video. Mm. BlackBerry Curve. I think everyone's had a BlackBerry at some point. I used it on one of my concession lines. I just I hadn't really messed with one, so decided to get one. Uh, the BlackBerry Storm. Do you remember the Storm? It was the one that was one big screen and the entire screen pressed in. Yes. Yep. I that do was the worst that phone one. ever. <laughs> that phone was so bad. <laughs> I had that for a few weeks and just couldn't do it anymore. It gave that thing back. Yep. Uh, so, and then around that time, this is where it gets a little murky. Uh, I start so I started working at Apple uh, in 2008 or nine. I want to say it was right around when the whole iPhone four stuff was starting to happen. The 3GS was the phone at the time. The iPhone four wasn't out. I didn't look up specific dates here. So again, this is why don't hold me to an actual time frame for the rest of this. But where I'm going with this is when I started working at Apple, myself and two other people that worked there became very interested in the Nexus One. Google had announced it. It wasn't out yet, uh, but they had announced it and shown it. Then I ended up getting one while working at Apple, thanks to Bill Stebbins. He, uh, he, he convinced me to do it. And it was funny because we started to convert everyone I worked with at Apple away from the iPhone to the Nexus One. <laughs> so people, people would come into our Apple store to buy an iPhone, and we all had Nexus Ones, <laughs> everybody that worked there, except for management. Oh, it was great. like we were like the, you know, this infection from the inside out, basically. <laughs> uh, we were like sleeper cells for Google at the time. Right. It, was, uh, it was hilarious. So, yeah, we all had the Nexus One, and I remember just like sideloading the different versions of Android onto that phone, you know, trying to basically trying to root it uh, and install the new the new versions as they came out. Um, so yeah, Nexus One, like that phone, holds a, a soft spot soft spot in my memory. You know, the metal frame, the the soft touch back, and it was just cool. It had a trackball too, so the you know the previous BlackBerry users, that was one of the things that we all loved was that trackball, and you could have the the ball light up different colors based on the notifications. So I had like red for email, blue for Twitter, that mm. sort of thing. It was it was neat what you could do with that phone. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Shout out to Bill, obviously. And and is this so thinking back, right? So we're talking maybe two thousand eight ish. Something this, like that. Yeah. yeah. Are you? I mean, how far back do you go with some of these guys like Bill and Donnie and them? I I know obviously we spent a lot of time in our Discord chatting with them. Uh, how long have you known them for? Because I know. Before I met you, obviously, you had been uh, in talks with them and, and kind of talking tech with those guys. Yeah, so, God, it was, um, I'd have to check. I wonder if I can do this live here because I can tell you right off the cuff. Mm. Uh, is there a way to find out when your Twitter account was created? Because that's what's going to be the big thing. Here we go. So jo I joined Twitter in July of 2008. So prior to that, I was listening to Mickey Papillon, the Cell Phone Junkie podcast. I don't know if you remember that way back nope. in the day. <laughs> nope. So that was the, the those were the Palm days. So any any Palm OS phone, you know, the trios, uh, even some of the Windows Mobile Palm phones. The Cell Phone Junkie podcast was one of the first technology podcasts ever. Uh, but they were big into the Palm stuff, so started listening to them, and somehow I was referred to David Sacconi of the Mobility Today podcast from the Cell Phone Junkie. I don't know if he was on an episode or if they knew him because Dave had a website called Dave's iPack way, way back when. The HP iPack, was, which was one of the first uh, smartphones also. So start listening to the Mobility Today podcast. And that's when it was Bill Stebbins, uh, David Sacconi, and Michael Manna doing the show. Mm. Uh, Stevie Richards, the famous wrestler. Uh that's when I initially got introduced to them. 
made a Twitter account because they were always, you know, promoting Twitter on the show. And that was in uh, July of 2008. My first tweet was to David Ciccone, uh, answering a question he had, he had posed on one of the shows. And then from there, it just kind of took off. Steve Trotto was, was a member of that show as well. Uh, and Steve Trotto saw a YouTube video I made about the MSI wind, uh, as a nine cell battery for the MSI wind. I I'll send you the link, Evan, to my first YouTube video ever. It's so mm. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in like 360 P you can't even see anything. <laughs> and he had seen that video and, and, uh, decide, Hey, let's do a podcast about the MSI wind. And it was the, it was the, uh, what was it? The Mo- mobile tech moment was the name of the show MTM. Mm. And he was the first guy that ever gave me a chance podcasting. And, at 19 years old, whatever it was. And that's just how I got introduced to all these guys. Just became part of the circle, literally because of Steve Trotto, just directly bringing me into podcasting. Wow. And Steve Trotto doesn't podcast anymore. He's he's in our, our tech house server. He pops in from time to time. Uh, but yeah, essentially, Bill Stebbins, David Ciccone, Michael Manna, Steve Trotto, I go back to you know 2008 with them, basically. So wow. 14 years. Yeah, yep. That's unbelievable, too. I mean, just listening to you talk about some of this stuff that happened 14 years ago, your memory is so sharp. I'm like, I'm <laughs> it's, blown away. It's here and there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I give you props for, for the, the little details that you remember from some of this stuff. Cause it's uh, that's a long time ago, man. Yeah. Well, it's the formative years, which helps, you know, Definitely. Um, still had my fun and that sort of thing as what, you know, 19, 20 year old college kids do. But uh, this was equally as fun. I, I'd get out of work and I'd come home and podcast with them. Basically we were using, um, it was Justin TV yep. for podcasting way back then. And there was something else too. I can't remember the other website. They'll know for sure. Bill definitely will know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's come so far. Yeah. Now we have discord. It's yeah, crazy. It's unbelievable, but yeah, sorry, little side jaunt there, but I just, I was curious myself. So I figured I'd ask it, but anyway, you, you left off, I think at the Nexus one was the last one that we were talking about. Yeah, Nexus One, and again, this was I don't don't hold me to the order from here on out because they're all over the place. Um, it's just what my memory does still have stored. But the Palm Pre was I had soon thereafter. Uh, love that phone. That was the Palm Pre was the first phone I ever said if I can come home from work or from school and put my phone down on my nightstand and pick up a tablet that that takes my text messages and my phone calls over. I will switch to that ecosystem and live there forever. And that was the Palm Pre and the HP touchpad. You could do that. Um, so that was, was it the Palm touchpad, HP touchpad? I don't even remember, but they had a tablet that was sunk up with that, basically. Uh, that phone was fantastic. That phone was ahead of its time. The Palm Pre is the dreamcast of the cell phone world. We, you know, the Palm Pre didn't fail, fail us. We failed the Palm Pre, <laughs> basically. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, iPhone four, of course. And I think everyone's, you know, he had either an iPhone four or an iPhone five at some point because of the, the iconic square design that it had. And I was at Apple when that phone leaked and that was a huge deal internally at mm-hmm. all the stores. It was, uh, the stories you hear about Steve jobs, you know, threatening pretty much these people's lives. <laughs> uh, it, it was a huge deal within that company. It was kind of crazy to live through it actually. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, I had a Nexus S that I bought from Donnie Benfield, actually, a member of our uh, Tech House Discord server. Uh, he had sold that to me. That was the curved uh, Nexus phone. Uh, it was like a banana. That phone was cool. Hmm. Uh, the HTC Evo, HTC Evo 4G specifically. That was the phone that got me the job at Pocket Now. Uh, showed up to, to Best Buy to get it on release. And I remember Brandon Miniman, the previous editor-in-chief and CEO of Pocket Now, putting out a tweet saying, hey, does, does anyone have this phone? I want to do a, a kick um, video call and kick Q-U-I-K or Q-I-K. Uh, no one had done video calls yet. There was no FaceTime at that point in time. There was no, um, what's the Android version, Duo? There was no Duo or FaceTime. Mm. So he had put out a tweet saying, I'd love to test this out for my video. I had just picked one up. And uh, I replied to him and he and I made a video together. And then the next day, so he, I made it, I helped him make a video. Then he helped me make a video for each of our YouTube channels. Then the next day I got an emailed job offer from him. And that's what kicked off this insane laundry list that now exists. Uh, So that's, it's weird how things happen. It it just, they just fall into place. Yeah, really. And funnily enough, I was on YouTube and that video that you're referencing showed up in my timeline and I watched it. <laughs> Did it really? That's yeah. Funny. And it's funny too, because it's like, Hey, you know, we're going to demo this and here's how video chat works. But you know, when I'm talking, he, he can't talk. Like I can't hear him. We can't talk over each other. It's just like, <laughs> it's so funny how things have really evolved since, you know, back then, 2008, 2010, whatever it was. 
Yeah. And I was the, the thing I'll never forget with that that day I remember being in my in my room kind of running through this with him. Professional website, one of the biggest cell phone, if not the biggest cell phone website of the time. It was like them and Engadget uh and, and Gizmodo. So it was like those big the big three. I remember thinking like the, these guys like like the pros and I'm like, okay, how do you want to do this? He's like, well, we're just going to press record and see where the conversation goes. Like there was no prep, nothing. It was just the, the Brandon, if you're listening, I love you. It was awesome. The the prep was how to, how to say his last name. He was like, it's minimum like cinnamon. I'll never forget him <laughs> saying that to me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that was all the prep I had that, is so <laughs> that good. video basically. So good. Uh, yeah, we've, we've come so far. Uh, just now you have these extremely, you know, high production value channels and everything is rehearsed and, and noted. And I think that's like really what stuck with me is for even our podcast, we have no notes. We have a, a small outline, but it's just off the cuff. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's best off that way. I think we're better for it. Uh, yeah. Quick note, just to go back to, to my episode when I was talking about the iPhone, it was probably the 3GS and Cydia and all that same time window. You bring up that HTC uh, Evo, uh, the 4G. Mm. So that when I talked about skinning my iPhone to make it look like an Android, the Evo has that iconic, you know, weather widget with the clock with the you know, sense yep everything about it uh that little curvature at the bottom where it has like whatever those buttons were i can't remember it was probably phone and apps whatever that was the skin that i put on my iphone just because i wanted an android so bad <laughs> well and it's funny you say that because the next phone i had on the list and it's not because it's necessarily the next phone i had it's just the next phone i remember which the was the htc thunderbolt mm-hmm. and that was the verizon version of the evo basically uh, the, you know, the phones had kickstands back then and everything like that. But the reason it's funny is the Thunderbolt was the most ROMed phone I had ever owned. I put, I don't even know, 30 ROMs on that phone. Uh, the one I remember specifically, I think it was called Kang, uh, K-A-N-G. And it was a unicorn. It was like a pink unicorn, uh, Kang ROM. And yeah, those were the days of just siloing ROMs on your phone, like trying to make it faster, trying to do this, trying to do that. Uh, you don't have that stuff anymore. It doesn't exist really. right. right. I mean, how many phones did you ROM back in the day? Uh, a handful. I mean, it was definitely yeah. something that we did, right? It was, you know, these phones have, it felt like there's more that you can unlock, right? It's got so much power under the hood. Like, what can I do to tweak this thing to really maximize on the, the hardware, right? And, yep. and ROMs yep. were kind of the, the key to that. Yeah, exactly. It was just to, to get a little bit more and you were a true geek if, if that's what you did. 100%. You know? Yep. <laughs> Uh, I had the Galaxy Nexus. That was the first Galaxy phone on Verizon way back when. Um, I had the original Galaxy S, the Samsung Galaxy S. I remember that came from, uh, I don't remember the website right now, but they were a partner of Pocket Now. They had sent me that phone to review. Uh, I could use it on AT&T, but it only worked on like one band because it was a European phone. It wasn't available in this country, at least out of the gate. Uh, but I, me- I remember like, I have the first galaxy S this phone's really cool. It was the first OLED screen really of that size. It was, uh, that phone blew me away just from a hardware capability standpoint. Uh, the Dell streak. So the Dell streak was a Dell made multiple cell phones at the time. This was a seven inch phone. And I remember it was like seven inch phone, metal thick. It was like, I had an iPad in my pocket is the way it felt like versus nowadays. <laughs> Uh, I remember so many of the readers of Pocket Now being like, I, "How do you use that every day? How does it even fit in your car, let alone your pocket?" <laughs> you know, and now it's like the the screen size of stuff is is just as big now. It's it's yep. just funny how how far we've come. So the mm-hmm. Dell Streak was a very cool phone. Uh, I didn't have, I wasn't a big fan of the Motorola, you know, the Droid. I wasn't a big fan of of how they were labeling Android. I didn't I didn't have any of those phones uh, by choice. I guess is the best way to put it. But I had two. Uh, I had the Motorola Droid Razor, which was a, a very thin at the time. I think it was the thinnest phone, Android phone to ever come out, at least up until that time. It was made out of Kevlar. It had a Kevlar backing, everything like that. It was just a bar phone. It wasn't a Razor that flipped open or anything along those lines. And that led into the Droid Pro, which was essentially a BlackBerry version uh, of a Droid that Motorola had put out to try and capture the business market. So cool phones, whatever. They are what they are. Uh, I have the Galaxy Nexus twice on here, so I have to have to d- delete that. Um, but I also had the original Galaxy Note. Same thing. Again, this is I think I'm way off my timeline here. But the original Galaxy Note, same thing. That phone is too big. You look like a, an idiot holding that up next to your head. How can you use that stylus on a phone? Who wants that? And now here we are with iPads and styluses and or style and huge phones. Mm. So we've come very far. 
Uh, the Nexus 4, the Nexus 5, whatever. We can skip right through them. I think everyone who's probably listening to this has had those. Yep. Uh, the Samsung Continuum. Look that one up if you don't remember what that phone is, but it had two screens. It had a top screen, and then it had a bottom screen. And the bottom screen was like a news ticker, and it would show some of your notifications on it and that sort of thing. It was just before you know proper notification shades and everything along those lines. But that was a cool phone. Uh, I think it might have been curved as well, but I can't remember. But I do remember reviewing that and keeping that uh, for Pocket Now. And then this led into, this was this was the soft spot for me, Evan, uh, specifically the, the Windows Phone days. So not Windows Mobile, but Windows Phone. Mm-hmm. I had the HTC Trophy uh, first, and I remember playing... Did you ever have a Windows phone? Never. Windows 7 or 7.1? Okay. No, no. They had a game called The Harvest that was part of the of the launch, and the thing I really loved about Windows phone was you would get achievements, Xbox achievements for the games, because they were part of the Xbox ecosystem. The Harvest was like a, a, knock, like a Diablo knockoff. Very low-key, very accessible, easy to play, and didn't have a whole lot going on. But I remember just playing the hell out of that game. Uh, just being in class in, in school and playing that game, basically. <laughs> just because I wanted to beat it. And I think I beat that game. There were, like, three different characters you could choose from. I think I beat it with every character twice uh, just to unlock all the achievements. So it's somewhere in my achievement history if you go back to my Xbox profile. Uh, so from the Samsung or from the HTC Trophy became the Samsung Focus. That phone I had for Pocket Now. I was the resident Windows Windows phone expert just because I was so into it. Uh, that was an that was an OLED screen phone. Loved that phone. Uh, then the HTC 8S, and that those were the colorful HTC phones that they had come out with. There was a blue one, a red one, a yellow one, and I th- I think those were the there was a black one too actually. So those are the four colors. They were like a polycarbonate phone before the Lumias were out. So they were like HTC was one of the first people to do it. Uh, but the Lumia was right on the heels of that and came out soon thereafter. And I had a Lumia 720 and a Lumia 930. And that builds off of the, the N900 days that I had. So those phones had fantastic cameras. They were absolute bricks, but they were beautiful. So look those up if you haven't seen them. Uh, Microsoft was doing a program. I referenced it on one of the first episodes. I think the first episode of this show, Evan, uh, Smoked by Windows Phone. Mm. So... Ben Rudolph worked for Microsoft at the time on the Windows phone team, and they were doing this thing where if if he picked you, he'd pick you on Twitter, he'd send you a Windows phone for free, and so one, he would do tests with people on the street, but the other part of this was he would send you a phone, and if you liked it, whatever phone you had, it could be a Razer, it could be an iPhone, it could be anything, you send that back, and that, that Lumia is yours to keep. They just give you that phone. Wow. Yeah. No, I so that was my 930. I hadn't heard of that. I, I don't I don't recall. That's uh, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Microsoft did some cool stuff from a marketing standpoint back in the day, and that was one of them. Hmm. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep running this, down this list so it's not a three-hour-long show. We're almost there. <laughs> uh, so then I had the HTC One, which was the, the M8, basically. That was an uh, Android phone. I went back into Android from that point on. I uh, had the Galaxy Note Edge, which was the Galaxy Note, but it had a curved edge on one side. And I don't know if you remember that one. You would hold it uh, horizontally in landscape mode, and it would it would be like a, a ticker there as well. Yes. Yep. Samsung really experimented with stuff early on. So they went from the continuum basically to that. That was the next evolution of that. That's cool. And I, I think uh, it, it is important, right? Some of these guys do that experimentation. It doesn't always catch on right away. But if, right. if you're not experimenting, you're not finding new things, right? So... Correct. Uh, yeah, pretty cool. Especially if you're into it, like from a cutting edge standpoint, you like to mess with new stuff. It's uh, it's dual serving that way. Mm. Uh, from there, I had a Galaxy Note or a Galaxy, yeah, Note Seven. Seven was the one that um, lit on fire, combusted. So yes. I had to I had to send that one back. I remember they sent me like a, uh, it wasn't a metal. It was like a kind of like a metal envelope actually. It was like a fireproof envelope to send that thing back to Verizon in. Wow. So, yeah, that phone had a short life. I loved that phone, too. That was a great phone, but I had to get rid of it. Um, I had the original Pixel, which you you had the original Pixel, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, very good. I mean, that was, that was you'll kind of see from here on out, I've had every Pixel because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so that went into the Pixel 2 XL, Pixel 4, Pixel 5, Pixel 5a uh, because of the original Pixel. Those, And I, I still think that the 6 may be a little bit of a, a miss on their part, but they've 
kind of corrected it in my opinion. The seven and the seven pro are, are great phones. Um, iPhone five, iPhone six S, iPhone 10 R iPhone 12 pro, which I didn't even know I had a 12 pro. I had to go back into my history, my purchase history with Apple. And I apparently bought a 12 pro nice. and used it for a bit. So didn't even recall that one. <laughs> uh, galaxy fold three, which that's kind of like what started off this server in a big way. Right. So we, we always had the, the, the tech house server, but when we created the fold house channel, I think clay made it. That's what really picked this thing up for everybody. Mm. Uh, it was what me, you, Mike, Donnie, who else had folds? Clay had a fold for a bit. Yep. Um, did Justin, I don't know if Justin ever had one. I feel one. like he, he had the flip. He had the flip. Yep. That's right. That's right. I feel like it there was, had to have been more. Yeah, there were. I honestly, I feel like if there were whatever at that time, say thirty people in the Discord server, I feel like there were twenty of us that had that phone. It was, <laughs> it was <laughs> unbelievable. It was so much fun. Feldy didn't have one. Uh, Todd did. Now that I'm going back through and my my memory here, Todd had one. Mm-hmm. Who else had them? There were a, a good amount of people in the server had them at did, some point. Did I Joe think Feldy had the flip? Did Joe ever have one? I don't think Joe. Yes, he did. He did. I'm pretty yep. sure he did. Yeah. Um, Jay Jay Doss did. Mm-hmm. Jay Doss was someone I used to podcast as well with uh, back in the iPhone docked days, way back when. Uh, who else had a fold or a flip? Um, uh, Mike Florio. Oh yeah. Fold. Yep. Mike loved it too. Spoke very highly. He did. He might even still have one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one you you had a buddy too that came in that had one as well. Yep. My buddy Abe had one. Yeah, we we brought a lot of people on. We did. <laughs> looking back into it. So that phone, like that, it's funny how like just you know these communities center around something, and that was like the common piece we had to bring us all together at that point in time, and it was to see who could hold on the longest. <laughs> right. <laughs> And arguably, like, so Mike is, I wouldn't say he's a phone nerd. Like, he's into it, but he's not at the level we are. And good mm. for him because, you know, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. No. Um, ironically enough, he had the full longer than than anybody. Like, yeah. Like, a lot longer than all of us. Like, almost a year longer, I think. Yeah, he was one of the last people hanging on. And I, I'm trying to remember why he ended up getting rid of it. Did he, he have a hardware? Yeah, he had a hardware issue or a software issue even. And yeah. ended up having a either get a new one from samsung or something like that yeah i think it was like a warranty the warranty claim process was a nightmare for him something like along those lines and yeah. he just decided to trade it into the uh what does he have now the note note 20 or whatever the yeah know, he has whatever the current note is yep i think um but yeah i had the full three and then this led into the surface duo the original surface duo which i've now had twice uh i've returned it both times but i've had it twice Mm. that's the microsoft phone i still have a soft spot for that phone that phone's fantastic uh it just it needs more attention from them it's typical microsoft where they're they're halfway in and the half that they've done is so good but if they just went 100 percent in, it would be a masterpiece that's kind of where i'm at with it uh they've done a lot of updates to that phone recently which is why i just picked it up it has the android 12l now and it's an entirely different animal from how it was to be completely honest with you if i wasn't as invested within apple's ecosystem as i as i am i would probably have have kept that duo just as a side you know note device kind of thing yep uh from the original duo i went to the pixel 6 and same thing i, I wasn't very happy with it i don't think anybody in our channel was extremely happy with it so i went to a s22 plus last february so after only like four months with the pixel 6 or six months tops with the pixel 6 i went to an s22 plus i don't like samsung's phones anymore i haven't in a long time i don't like back then it was touch whiz i don't like what they do with the with the interface i don't like how there's a there's a delay for os updates which is why i gravitate toward the pixel so Mm -hmm. i i left the s22 plus when the duo 2 came out so the duo 2 came out a year after the duo 1 uh, just a better phone, old, better OLED screens, bigger battery, better camera, better processor, had NFC, uh, all that stuff. Great phone. Uh, I just, I ended up getting rid of it for the Pixel 7, um, Pixel 7 Pro specifically. So I stayed with that phone for a while, but once the Pixel, no, there was something I had in between actually. I don't know what it was. What did I have in between? Hmm. Between the Duo 2 and the Pixel 7 Pro? Yeah. Now that I'm talking on the, I had something in between. Oh, it was the iPhone mini. That's what it was. It was the uh, iPhone 13 mini. Yep. That's what it was. So between the Duo 2 uh, and the Pixel 7 Pro, I had the iPhone 13 mini. 
I don't know why. I think I was just trying to not spend a ton of money on tech. It was part of this digital minimalism effort that I still have kind of going on. The mini's cool. Like, it could fit in your pocket. It's tiny. But I couldn't type on it to save my life because of how small it was. Hmm. Uh, and Siri is, unfortunately, still utterly useless, in my opinion. So uh, I went back to a Pixel, the Pixel 7 Pro. And I liked it. But I had... And Siri on my phone's lighting up right now. Um <laughs> I had problems with mine. I had I had a lot of network issues. I bought one for my wife. I bought my wife just a standard Pixel 7. She had a ton of network issues with hers. I would drop calls and that sort of thing. Hers just she would lose data. She would go she would fall back to edge, which is, you know, HSPA+. It's mm. extremely slow. Uh, you know, would lose GPS connection because of it Google Maps and work cuz she had no data stuff like that. So, uh, that brought me to where I am now, which is the iPhone 14 Pro. So it's funny. I have a lot more, a lot fonder memories with the old phones than I do with these newer phones, to be mm. honest. What do you We're kind of like out of that age, you know? I, I think so. I, I think as we go deeper into this, right? So like more recently, you start to look back like, you know, Pixel 6, Pixel 7, Duo 2, uh, iPhone 14, iPhone mini even. Um, the hardware is just, it's at a point where any kind of advancements feel like an incremental upgrade right mm -hmm. like there hasn't been a massive game changing uh type of release i guess i don't know i it that's why i say it's kind of cool when some of the hardware manufacturers start to experiment a little bit and you get the dual screen phones or something that's got some wacky hardware feature but otherwise phones are are at such a point where the hardware is so mature that it, it feels like you know, Apple will release a new phone and it's like, is it really that much different than the last release? I mean, mm -hmm. it's definitely nice to have the latest and greatest, but is it worth spending another thousand bucks over what I've got now? You know what I mean? Right, right. And yeah, they're, it's nothing earth shattering like it once was. Right, right, exactly. So that's, yeah, I mean, you know, it definitely, for me, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm so happy with my phone now and I'm the same. I'm on an iPhone 14 Pro. Uh, if they were to, you know, just say six months from now or something, announce something new, I'll look at it. But I just feel like, I don't know, they'd really have to do something earth shattering to, to have me start switching again. And obviously I say that now, I mean, two, three weeks from now, I could have a new phone. You know what I mean? It's just it's, it's the way that we're wired at this point. Um, well, they, they've become an appliance in our lives now. It's not like what it once was where it's like, I, I feel like a, an advanced person by having this piece of technology that no one else has or whatever it may be. Whereas now everyone has it, and it's like you said, they they are incremental upgrades, but it's not like you don't feel, I don't know, you don't feel that much different as a person, as whatever. You don't feel like you're living in the future like you used to, because right. not everyone had them, or phones truly were different. Now everything is so similar, and everyone has them, you know? Mm, definitely, definitely. So I've got here uh, three pages of notes <laughs> just jotting down just <laughs> just through our conversation about the different phones that you've had and stuff like that is it on your new tablet it is on my new tablet which is uh i got a remarkable two uh thanks to your brother definitely want to um, hear about that yeah he sold me pretty hard and uh he actually i have to thank him he gave me a 40 dollar discount code uh which wow. yeah if you can't get a 40 dollar discount code from a friend or somebody else who's purchased the tablet they actually have a black friday sale going on now if you're listening to the podcast that you can pick it up for that same price i think Oh, cool. Yeah, all in. I probably spent about 500 bucks. got the tablet, the case, and the uh, the um, the pen for it. I know they've got some kind of a special name for it, but um, yeah, it's it's great. Highly recommend it so far. Cool. Um, but I do have a couple questions for you. So just looking through your history here, so just real straight and to the point, do you have a software preference or an operating system preference? Are you an Android guy now? Are you an iOS guy? I know obviously you're on an iPhone now, but uh, obviously each operating system has its advantages and its disadvantages. So is there one that you prefer over the other, regardless of what you use currently? Good question. Sorry about my chair right there. Uh, very good question. So I'm kind of a hybrid, I guess is the best way to put it. I prefer the way Android handles notifications. I can't stand the way that iOS handles notifications, at least in the on the lock screen and in the drop-down shade. I like the badging system, but everyone's adopted that now from the iPhone. So I would my my ideal phone would 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 have the Android notification handling setup. Mm. Uh, but I like I like the way 
just simple navigation is on an iPhone. And this isn't necessarily something that Android can't do or couldn't do because it's the way the developers, you know, des design the UI differently on iOS devices versus Android devices. Something about, and I hate to say it, but the apps just do look different. They look more polished. Mm -hmm. And it might just be the, the, the their design language uh, of how they go about things on iOS. So I like that about it. I also just like, I like the, the iOS keyboard. I, I've been able to type, you know, Google's keyboard's great, but I can type perfectly. Even the, aside from the iPhone mini, I should say, I can type perfectly on Apple's keyboard. So my ideal device would be basically some sort of, my ideal device would be Windows phone. <laughs> That's the operating <laughs> system at heart. Yep. But with Android's notification handling and Apple's keyboard and design language for apps. That's perfect because that was going to be another question I had is your dream phone. So is there anything else in that dream phone, uh, maybe from a hardware standpoint that you might be looking for uh, that doesn't exist right now? This is just, you know, Jeff has the ability to create whatever he wants. You can choose, you know, any little piece or hardware or accessory to, to slap onto this phone. What would you go with? What What would be most important to you, I guess? Yeah, so computational photography, AI, anything, computational anything right now is massive. Uh, people make the argument as far as from a photography standpoint that you're taking the skill out of it, you're taking the control out of it. But I think let's lean into that a little bit harder, right? So let's go Windows Phone OS. Let's go Android notification system, iPhone keyboard, Apple Pay, Google Pay. I'm indifferent there. But where I'm going with that computational photography thing, let's put a big sensor on that. Sony has that new Xperia phone, and I don't know if it's the A1. I forget what the model I sent you, Evan, over was a couple, like a week ago now. Yep. But they have a big sensor on there. Let's take it a step further. So big sensor, but put detachable lenses on the phone. Not something I'm going to walk around with daily, but let's put... Maybe not a full frame sensor, but a crop sensor. You know, an APS-C big sensor on the back of these phones. Uh, so let's 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 just lean hard into that computational photography uh, aspect and, and go that route. So that's what I would do. That's the only thing I'm missing is maybe a better battery, mm -hmm. make the phone thicker, especially if you're going to have a big lens attached to it. It'll help with your center of gravity. Give me a big battery. The phone's already waterproof. So yeah, let's do that. Let's just throw a, a detachable lens system onto the back of the phone like some of the Android phones are starting to do now. Mm, awesome, awesome. And I guess the last real question I have for you, if you were to look at any of these phones that we talked about today, so going back to you know whatever, 2006, 2008, up until today, is there one phone? So like I think about, uh, I don't know, just for example, like say I'm cooking a meal. Um, I'm making a meal that's got, you know, whatever, it's like spaghetti, you got some garlic in there, a uh, little olive oil, blah, blah, blah. But this meal in the end, regardless, you know, what you're putting into this, this meal comes out, it's just like the meal itself is greater than the sum of its parts, right? It's just like that final product is just, it far exceeds what you could ever uh, anticipate it tasting like, right? So mm -hmm. of every phone that you've had, uh, which phone would you say as an overall experience is the greater than the sum of its parts. So it may not have had the best battery life, but feature A, B, and C really just put it over and above for me. Oh, that's a tough one to say just one, but I'll tell you right off the bat, it's either going to be the pre or it's going to be Windows Phone. Um, I'm leaning toward the pre because... That phone failed because it was very laggy. The processor wasn't fast enough or the, the, you know, the, the UI wasn't coded properly. Uh, I don't know. But if that phone had a little bit more horsepower and had a better battery, so that was the other thing too, was the battery life was terrible on that phone. In fact, one of the ROMs I ran slowed down the clock speed of the processor to get more battery life out of it. So you had an even slower, laggier phone, but the battery lasted two to three times as long. So... Just just that Palm OS was ahead of its time. And you look at iOS, and they've copied the card system from Palm OS. Um, and, you know, a lot of that that whole setup has been, has been copied in Frankenstein between Android and iOS. So the Pre was ahead of its time. And if it was, it was better than the sum of all of its parts, like you just said. And if we had a little bit better technology and a little bit more attention in the industry then and you know, they, the ability to invest more money with, with a better ROI, I think we would have had a, a longer standing OS from them, but also better hardware. If the hardware was better, that thing would have been 
fantastic. It already was great, but it would have been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, timing is everything, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was called WebOS too for those. I keep saying Palm OS. It was WebOS back then. Cool. I have to have to correct myself <laughs> before they jump on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Before I have to issue a public apology, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, awesome, man. Well, that's that's all I have for you. Do you have any kind of closing comments or anything else you want to touch on in terms of the the phone history? No, that's it. You know, there may be stuff I bring up along the way, but I think. Once we get through kind of the set list of episodes we have, maybe we make that a hot seat question for our guests that we bring on is what's your favorite phone of all time and why kind of mm, thing. Yeah, I like that. Kind of like what you just did with me, like, you know, and in, in building on that, was there a phone that you absolutely love but let you down here and what would you have done to make it better? Or if it was better, would you have stuck it out or something along those lines? We can We can kind of figure it out as we go. Right. Definitely. So yeah, I don't want you to, don't harp on yourself too much. I know you call this the list of shame, but I am going to guarantee that there are people listening to this that have had just as many, if not more (laughs) on their list. Right. So yeah. um, Don't feel too special over there. Okay. Um, (laughs) But no, that's, uh, that's all I've got for you, Jeff. So definitely, uh, you know, like we say, please subscribe to the podcast. It's available on all your favorite podcast services. Uh, Leave us, five-star nice reviews on iTunes, I think will probably help us out a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Jeff, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so find me on Twitter. It's at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F-E-F-F. And then head, head over to Jeff.TV, G-E-O-F-F.TV. That'll bring you to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to put out a video every week, so be sure to subscribe over there as well. Yeah, definitely check those out if you haven't already. There's some quality stuff going up over there, especially like that last one that you did uh, new camera angles and stuff like that. It's just that, that video is a lot of fun. You can see that you're putting in the effort. So good stuff. Thanks. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Evan Schaefer. Uh, also started uploading and posting some of the photos that I'm taking with the new camera that Jeff mentioned. I made a bitly link. So bit.ly slash Evan Schaefer will bring you right to a shared photo album that I'm actually self-hosting, uh, from my NAS right behind me. Um, and yeah, uh, otherwise tech house discord, if you're interested in joining, shoot one of us a message. We'll, we'll get you set up over there. And otherwise, I think that's it, for, that's it for today. Awesome. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.